0: 2nd Samuel chapter number one I'll give a glimpse of this and see if we can get primed to get started 2nd Samuel chapter number one. Now when we come to this portion of scripture most of you are very familiar with this. You remember that it was in 1st Samuel chapter 31 that Saul has fell dead on Mount Gilboa. He had lived there and he was, he was undecided about the battle He traveled to the wicked indoors and he was seeking guidance from God. Isn't that sad that one of God's so-called believers to get to Paul, out of touch with God, that they trafficked in the underworld with the off to try to find the will of God. Then you remember in 1 Samuel 31 that Saul is slain down on Mount Gilboa. And how Saul died that day, he was sore wounded of the archer, the Bible said, that he took his spear and he fell upon his own spear and Saul committed suicide. Now, that's what the Bible teaches in 1 Samuel chapter 31. Now, there is some argument about this passage of Scripture. I've heard preachers come to 2 Samuel chapter number 1, and I've heard them use how the Amalekite boy was supposed to slain Saul. Now, the Amalekite young man, he he claimed to have killed Saul. He stumbled upon Saul in the field, found Saul laying down. He took the crown off of Saul's head. He took the bracelet off of his arm. And he brought them to David, and the reason that he did that, he was hoping to gain favor with David. He was hoping that David would give him a position in his army, or elevate him in some way. And the Bible reports it just like it happened. And the Amalekite, boy, he did take the crown, and he took the bracelet, but he did not kill Saul, for Saul committed suicide, friend. He died by his own hands. But we read these verses here, and uh, we find how that David is returning from the slaughter of the Amalekites in chapter 1, verse 1 and 2, and he's returning back to Ziklag. Ziklag was his stronghold, where he and his men had been. And when they returned to Ziklag, you remember they found it burnt with fire, and the wives and their children were taken captives. And now they're returning there, and this young Amalekite comes running out of the camp of Saul. And he approaches David and tells David how that Saul and Jonathan and many of the men of Israel have died on the battlefield. And David said, How does thou know this? And, and the young man begins to tell how he took the crown and the bracelet that was upon Saul's head and arm. But notice in verse 11, the Bible says, Then David took hold on his clothes and ripped them, and likewise all the men that were with him. I believe this was a strange uh, uh, setting here to the young Amalekite. I believe he thought David would rejoice uh, and shout over the death of his arch enemy by the name of Saul. But David did not rejoice and he did not find an occasion to be merry. Uh, but the Bible says that he wept, uh, that his clothes and all the men that were with him, verse 12, and, and they mourned and wept and, and fasted until evening for Saul and and for Jonathan, and for the people of the Lord, for the house of Israel, because they were fallen by the sword. That, now, there is a lamentation that was lamented. That, a lamentation that was lamented. David literally, friend, wept salty tears that, over the death of his arch enemy. Isn't that a little strange in fundamentalist fundamental circles that we're in, that I mean, most people, if they find that their enemy falls, that they have great occasion to be happy that, and to make merry about it. That. No wonder the Bible said that David was a man after God's own heart. That David mourned and he wept over the death of Saul. Then you know what he did to the young Amalekite? The Bible said in verse 13, that, And David said unto the young man that told him, Whence art thou? And he answered, I'm the son of a stranger, and Amalekite. That, and David said unto him, How was thou not afraid to stretch forth thine hand uh, to destroy the Lord's anointed? Uh, David called one of the young men and said, Go near and call upon him, and he smote him, that he died. Uh, and David said unto him, Thy blood be upon thy head, uh, for thy mouth hath testified against thee, saying, that uh, I have slain the Lord's anointed. Uh, I'll tell you what that young Amalekite boy found out. That it doesn't pay to touch God's anointed, that much less claim that you're the one that kills them and took their life. Now, I'm building up ahead of steam, and I'm trying to get to verse number 17. The Bible said here in verse number 17, And David lamented with this lamentation over Saul and over Jonathan, his son. Also, he bade them teach the children of Judah the use of the bow. Behold, it is written in the book of Jasher. The beauty of Israel is slain upon thine high places, that how are the mighty fallen. Now, if you underscore your Bible, you ought to underscore verse 19. When the Bible said, how are the mighty fallen. And I'll come back to some of these other verses in a second, but drop down to verse 25. David again says, that how are the mighty fallen in the midst of the battle. He said, O Jonathan, thou wast slain in thine high places. Then in verse number 27, three times in this passage of Scripture, David closes out this elegy, this poem of lament and praise for the dead. In verse 27, he said, How are the mighty fallen and the weapons of war perish? Now, I'm interested in these three different verses this morning. I hear why while back this passage of Scripture laid hold of my heart. And you men of God understand what I say, saying, I read it and I read it. But one day those three phrases jumped out at me, how are the mighty fallen. But before we launch into this, we've looked in verse number 17 at a lamentation that was lamented. But there's something else I want us to see in this passage of Scripture. There's some lessons that need to be learned not only a lamentation that was lamented, uh, but there's some lessons that need to be learned. Uh, Now you say, Brother Buster, what are you talking about? Well, I'll throw out this little outline, and you men of God can hang some meat on it uh, and take it home and use it one day. If you'll notice in verse number 18, uh, here we have a charge uh, that David gives the men of Judah. If you notice in your Bible, it's in parentheses, and he said, also, he gave them, so, behold, it is written in the book of Jasher. Now, I told you last night I never had no former education, and the first time I ever saw that book of Jasher, I ran back to the front of my Bible, and I saw Genesis and Exodus, Leviticus, and Numbers and Deuteronomy and Joshua and Judges and Ruth, but I didn't find the book of Jasher. And I thought, my goodness, that's the book of the Bible, being left out. But so what I began to read and study, and I found out that an ancient collection of Hebrew poetry, and it was used by David here. He said it's written in the book of Joshua, and it's also found in the book of Joshua, chapter 10, and verse number 13. So don't let nobody confuse you. There's no book of the Bible that's missing. We have all 66 books that make up the entire Word of God. But it was an ancient collection of Hebrew poetry. And what David is giving is an elegy. Not a eulogy, but an elegy for a form of lament over the dead. He charges them in verse 18. Did you notice that? He said, let's teach the men of Judah the use of the bow. And the reason I believe, the J.D., that he said that, That was the weapon of war uh, uh, that uh, the the, the enemy had used to bring down Saul. Uh, That's what his saw was an archer. Uh, And the archer shot Saul and it mortally wounded him. Uh, And David said, we need to teach the men of Judah the use of the bow. Uh, And he charges them. And I'm saying this this morning. Uh, We need to watch how the devil works uh, and the tactics that the enemy uses. uh, and may the Lord help us not to be ignorant uh, of the devices of the devil, friend. Uh, now those Gentiles could throw us, they were left-handed, uh, and they could throw a stone uh, within a hair's breadth. Uh, I mean, needless to say, they were accurate, for Have you ever tried to measure how wide a hair is? Uh, but David said, we need to teach the men of Judah uh, the use of the bone. Now there's the start. Uh, number 20, that uh, there's a caution. Now, we did not read it, and won't you look at it. The Bible said here in verse 20, David said, tell it not in gas. Uh, Publish it not in the streets of Ashkelon. Uh, that the daughters of the Philistines rejoice, that uh, bless the daughters of the uncircumcised triumph. That uh, here is the caution uh, that David gives the people of Israel. That uh, He said, I go of the Philistines. In other words, David is saying, I'm cautioning you that don't go down before the uncircumcised that in heart and in ears that and hang out the church's dirty laundry. Are you listening? He cautions me on that he said, I don't want it cold in gas and I don't want it cold in ashelon. That go on within the local church, when there have to be disciplinary measures turned out that and you don't need to go down there among the heathen and the lost that, and hang out the church's dirty laundry. Seems like we get in some of these camp meetings that, and some of these meetings that we get in. That, and everybody loves to hang out at everybody else's dirty laundry. That, David said, tell it not in death that, and publish it not in the streets of Ashley. There's the talking, that I mean, David said, we're not rejoicing over this. That, uh, we're not happy over this. Uh, and I don't want it told. Uh, then in verse number 21, there's the curse. Uh, he said, you mountains of Gilboa, Now uh, that's the geographical location which Saul was slain. Uh, he said, let there be no dew. Uh, neither let there be rain upon you, nor fields of offerings. Uh, for there the shield of the mighty is finally cast away. Uh, the shield of Saul, as though he had not been anointed with all. Right. Uh, Here's the curse. Uh, It's almost like David is praying that God would curse the land uh, where Saul was slain. Uh, And you know why? They took Saul's dead body. Uh, You read in 1 Samuel 31, they decapitated his hand. They took his body and hung it up in one of the idol dogs uh, at cathedral. uh, And they laughed and made fun of Saul. Uh, and David said, "God, I want you to curse that land. Let, let there be no dew, and neither let there be rain. You know what happens when there's no dew. You know what happens when there's no rain. A land that will become eternal. I mean, the land will become desert and bare and dry. And I want to make a statement right here. That there's a lot of fundamentalists that are going to go to heaven when they die." But they're going to go to heaven awful dry, no rain, no blessing from God, because they're touching the Lord's anointed the and they're raining on every man of God, are coming and a growing. I don't know about you, but I like it when God rains His blessings upon me. I like it when the dew of heaven falls clear, and I can feel the touch of God. I don't want to go to heaven dry. No, sir, there's the church, and there's a challenge in verse 22, that David said from the blood of the strain, that he said from the path of the mighty, that the bow of Jonathan turned not back, that the corner that we turned not empty, that this is a challenge, you've got to look at it through David's eyes, that David was a warrior friend, that David loved the conflict in the battle, I want to tell you something. I want to challenge your heart. He said, yes, Paul died in the battle. And Jonathan died. But he said, that's where they died. Out in the Lord's enemy. And they died. And they were on that line. But notice the consideration that, that David paid for Saul and Jonathan. That David did not tell about the than he was. and they were stronger than life. I mean David is tearing down something that God is going to canonize in the scripture and he lifts them up to the high heaven. Can I ask you a question? If you had access to a religious periodical that would travel around the world and your word The only one who are doing camping out anyway. Amen. Amen. Yes, sir. Here's consideration. Then in verse twenty-four. There's the command. He said, "The daughters of Israel, we oversaw who clothes you in scarlet, with other delights, you put on ornaments of gold. that your apparel, now brother, more five." have been over the corner, uh, and they have the little timbrels, uh, and they get ready to cut loose in a song uh, that said, Paul is dead, Paul is dead, and now our David's going to sing the throne. I mean, they might have been some of them happy about it. That's what he said. He said, I won't see here. He gives him a command to weep, to weep over those that he's claiming about us. Yes, sir. Listen to me. I've got it down. That Solomon said in Proverbs 24, verse 17. Rejoice not when thine enemy falleth, and let not thine heart be dragged when he stumbleth. We ought not to rejoice when our enemy even falleth. And don't let your heart, rejoice over somebody that stumbles out here. I've heard them say, well, I know that would happen. It's just a matter of time, they said, did that happen. Brother Hughes, I'm just giving a little Sunday school lesson. You can go home and develop it later on. That's for me, too, isn't Now, there's a lamentation that was lamented. and then there's some lessons to be learned. But I'm interested in this morning. I had to break a step before I could get to preaching. I have to default a little bit not default before I could get to preaching. I'm interested in verse 19, 22, 25, and verse 27. When David said, How are the mighty Brother, Brothers, I look at this in verse 19. Notice what he said. The beauty of Israel is plain upon thine high Jesus. How are the mighty fallen?" I call this one a solemn declaration. A solemn declaration. David looked the situation over uh, and he penned it down in an elegy, a poem, and a song of lament for the dead. And he said, "How are the mighty fallen?" Uh, now, there's an exclamation point in my Bible. Is there yours? He's not proposing a question for him, but he's making a solemn declaration that he said these men were mighty men, and they fell in the midst of the battle. How are the mighty fallen, the solemn declaration. And by the word mighty, it means violent men, and powerful men, and champions for God. Now, I'm not leaving the women out. That I've met some great women for God. That in my little Christian life, friends. That those grandmothers that knew how to pray. and push back the forces of evil. That those grandmothers that knew how to set an example before younger girls. That and those that knew how to shout the blessings of God. But in in our race today, many are falling. It's a solemn declaration for Him. And when you begin to look around and see what all's going on, you better sober up. And you better become wise to what the enemy's trying to do. Notice now several ways that men are falling today. I thought about this. By the means of death. Death has invaded our ranks. Death has taken out men of God and women that live for God. That's like never, never before. I tell you, I began to think, I begin to make this statement a few years ago. I said the Lord Jesus does it come in the next 15 years there's going to be a mass exodus of old time religion. Are you hearing me? And I begin to think about death in the last few years. I remember 1976 when Dr. Oliver Green died. I remember 1982 when Brother Lester Roloff died. I remember I was up almost in Maryland pushing a meeting in a little old ditty motel room. My wife called me and said to come on the Christian radio station, Brother Roach, is just died. I hung up the phone. I began to weep and cry like a little old boy. I said, oh, God, who's going to feel that man of God's shoes? There's a breach in the gap. And I wept over Brother off. Then I thought of that as I looked at that brochure that this church made up for this meeting. And man of God, that's the man of God. His picture is on there. It's now gone years ago now, years ago that like, Dr. Harold B. Stattler went home to be with the Lord. Like, and then Dr. John McCormick. Like, and then T- Dr. Curtis Hudson. Like, Dr. Dennis That like, And then Brother Nate Jackson went home to be with the Lord. Like, and then Brother Dennis Kelly went home to be with the Lord. Like, and I can name man of God. That's a man of God. That I've met, like, and now they're leaving out for him. Like, they're moving out. Hey, that's serious to for me, for him. Like, who's going to preach my boy and girl, who's going to preach the old-time way to my grandson and my granddaughter? I pray God, raise up some young men, put the fire of God in them, and the breath of heaven on them. And let them tear the devil in the face. And please, please do like these last days. There's some ladies I rank. We're moving out. Don't you think this? I thought about the sight of it always. I've been hearing him preach ever since I was a little old boy. My daddy had him in me. And Brother Billy Kelly come to our church. My dad pastors that every year at Christmas. I've been hearing Brother Mays for years and years and years. And now they're gone. I can pick up the phone and call those men and ask for some wisdom and instruction and counsel. But now they're gone. How are they I said these pastors could tell us about many women in their church. I promise you, go to question more to tell us about dear godly men and women that he's buried his family. I'll say him next in again. again. that prayed back hell off the priest. I remember years ago they they wasn't nodding their head to the sleep, but when they saw the man of God struggling, that, them old saints would bow their heads that, and they'd begin to an intercede and cry and push back the powers of darkness. That, but that crowd's leaving out now for him, that, and there's not many that pretend. As on that is, Paul, he's for despair. I'm speaking, I'm telling you, all across the land, many are falling for his I've never seen so much discouragement in all of my life. And you know what I personally believe? I believe the devil knows his time is short. And he's doing everything he can to, to discourage the people of God in these last days. That Bible said in Daniel chapter number 7, I believe it's verse number 25, that the Antichrist shall seek to wear out the saints but, of the Most High God during the Tribulation. Now, now, if the Antichrist is going to seek to wear out the saints but, and to the change times and long, but, then what do you think the spirit of the Antichrist was doing in 1997? Now, the spirit of the Antichrist is trying to wear us out and, and get us weary and well-doing and trying to get us to find. Here he is. You'll be honest for me as you came into this meeting. And your heart was pumping the bottom. And your life was dragging the bottom. That, and we're some of the best actors and pretenders that, the Academy Award all the independent baptists. you ask somebody, how oh, the best you've ever seen. That, I mean they don't you know that they're discouraged and about defeating that I love the bottom. We need some encouragement in these days. And to exhort one another while it's called today. That's a discouragement. I'll tell you something else that's coming across the land, man. It's affecting a lot of people of God, and it's depression. Depression. Amen. Now, a lot of you make a lot of depression. I I used to listen to the drivers, and I was just a novice. I'm not much more a novice than I am, but i was a young novice preacher. I'd get up, you know, and I'd glance back and say a lot of things that ought to put me in hating. So I said, you old people need to throw away your medicine. I said you need to throw away your nerve pills that, and throw away all your medicine that, and, get, and get right to God that, and out your way out. That, that sounds real good. Should you get down in the valley of depression? That, amen. One that, writer said depression is the palm and of the mind. That, and later we're all going to take it. Amen. I'm going to tell you something, friend. I, I know the principles that were to rejoice in the Lord. That, I know what that Bible says, that, lives, First we get the whole usual touch and team my hole. Hey, let's get real on these last days. That's right. <laughs> Discouragement. Depression. death, Coming in. And I don't want to magnify this. This innery from me, this grace, this can all about Oh God. I ask the time that you're so here, Be a holy, for I am holy. That's right. They say, what's taking down a lot of naughty men for God, We You know this is true. Dr. Samoy made it like this. He eliterated. Two men, finances, and false property. See men, finances, are false property. Brother, there's none of us, none of us above temptation. occasion. There's none of us above temptation, But God bless. Never the Lord Oh, may God help every woman the right. And then if you have been hurt and if you have failed, like the Bible said, though a just man falleth, yet will he rise and he falls seven times, but he'll get back up to you. you got to get back up. The old boy said, just to grip as all and repent and get right with God in the church. And keep on. what happens with us. We forget our calling is. We forget our holy and high calling. And we forsake our consequences. And we force it out to get you. And we're with heaven. Are you listening? Are you still saying, man? How are the minds of fallen? that there is? Look, I'm saying that's following you. you. Come with me to verse 25. Right in the middle of this form, this elegy that David is killing down. He said, in verse 25, except the stanza of the storm, as it were, he said, how are the mighty fallen in the midst of the battle? Are you listening? How the mighty fallen in the midst of the battle? Oh, Jonathan, thou wast slain in thine high. Here I see a soldier's determination. Not only a solemn declaration, but a soldier's determination. David said, "How the mighty fallen? In the midst of the battle. I mean, it did said it, well, said it was you. That's me so men went down, fighting the enemies of the Lord, and they died in the heat and in the pit of the battle. I don't want to be on the sidelines, but I don't want to be AWL like I said last night. I used to play football, and I loved it. Now, I played some, in, in, you know, high school and things with the pads and the helmets, but but what I really liked was Sunday afternoon, uh, the mere tackle in a cow pack. I'd seen grown in or Seaside. Uh, I had shoulder separation, used surgery, uh, and four brokerage. Uh, and thought I was having the time of my life. Uh, I've always liked that physical contact. Uh, I, I, I didn't want to be on the sideline. I didn't want to be a water boy. Uh, I wanted to get out there and butt heads and go at it, clean. Uh, I just always liked that. Uh, and what I'm saying here, uh, he said they died in the midst of the battle. That's like the soldiers, that's uh, determination. I tell you, if about vote, if there's any men here that served in World War One or II, uh, or the Korean War, the Vietnam War, uh, or over in Saudi Arabia in the Gulf War, that uh, if a soldier was going to have to die, a real soldier doesn't want to die pulling KP. And he doesn't want to die, A W O L. but if he's going to have to die, he wants to die in the thick of a battle friend. And go out on the front line. That ought to be our heart's to You grandmas and grandpas and older soldiers, it ain't a time to re- retire, and to give in, it's a time to retire, and to get a hold of God and say, God, breathe on me, and let my life change In the glory of God. Amen. Yes, sir, let me catch my breath, would you? I thought about this when an old soldier dies in the back. I was preaching outside of a Tennessee Bay in Alabama, on the edge of Alabama. A man by the name of Dr. Smith from Texas was living the meeting. And he heard me missing Dr. Harold Easton. He comes to me after service, he said, Brother Buster, he said, I read a handwritten letter just before Dr. taught died. Dr. Stryler hand wrote a letter to Dr. Raymond Barbour. And here's what the letter says. Only a few words it said, Dr. Vargas. Dr. Stoutman said, I'm sick. I believe I'm sick unto death. But he said, but pray for me that I can stay in the saddle and your And that's how old Doc went out. You hear me? He was still riding in the side. I preached up there for Brother Joe and Brother Billy a couple of years ago, two years there in the Lower Seagreer camp me." Dr. Sightler couldn't go like right he used to. It. He used to put them in the me and ride in on Saturday and stay up all night and stay on Sunday. Then he got to go from the Thursday night to Friday night or Saturday night and drive in on Sunday morning. Then he got to wait, sit and sit go but once a week. And sitting down to grill cat and sitting over here. He'd take that cane and hold it up in the air and shout for victory and pray. And he stayed in the saddle under sunset. I tell you, that dirt did up before this hour. Stay in the saddle, man of God. Stay in the saddle. And keep riding under and thundering out the world. So no soldier dies. It's hell. It's hell. It's, it's the heart's desire. It's the hero's delight. It's an honorable death. It's hell's comfort, And it's heaven's discharge. When a man of God goes down in the midst of the battle. Well, I want to go out if I have to go out before the Lord comes told during the Civil War. I and mean, they said, little ass, not about the Civil War, but they told us one of those boys, I will have soldiers soldier who didn't stop that must be part of the chest who was mortally wounded. They climbed in he was charging those Union soldiers. And they were telling he began to cry, help me! Help me! Help me! Some of them knelt down and said, soldiers, we can't get you out. We can't carry you. With like, You're dying. You're mortally wounded. I, he said, I don't want you to pick me up. I don't want you to send me. They said, what are you trying to help for? I, he said, I want you to put my musket." Hand. He said prop me up against the tree and put my face toward the battle. He said, I want whoever finds me to know that I died facing the enemy. He said, I don't want him to think I was a turncoat. Oh, ain't got no I just go so old and seen out. I don't know who I am. Put my King James Bible in my life. The third verse, that I used to have some people who walked and talked with me, uh, but since I've been converted, they turned their uh, back on me. Uh, the fourth verse, that I'll take this gospel puppet, and I'll begin to blow. Uh, oh, Lord, if you will help me, uh, I'll sound it wherever I go. The uh, course, that I'm going down on this battlefield. Uh, yes, I'm going down in this war. Uh, I'm going down on this battlefield. Uh, Glory in my soul. I say, Amen, Hallelujah. There ought to be every soldier's determination to so go down if we have to go down. Pity in the streets for daily living for y'all. is being a faithful church member loyal to the men of God. Yes, sir, please. The soldier's determination requires. About four days prior to Dr. Cody cut him down. I was just at to the Tony touched it in a meeting house. But when we come into the house, we go in and have paradise, Dr. Huston. You sit at my house one previous time. And then in there he was so emancipated. And the smell of cancer was everywhere. there. And then in there to have paradise. He looked up and told me to love you, brother, Dr. Thank you for love the rest of them, said it. He said, But what I want you to play, I go all the way in this time. He said, I don't want to go halfway he turned somebody. Die, he about to going on over the said, this time, out there, all the way And, you know, just as a young preacher, I I said, I, I said, You my He said, I guys, We looked at, guy, he, looked at this, and he said, time. He he, he, he you not know have how Dr. I ain't a joint doing no good, the boy said That's What I'm saying. He walking up and down the house delivering nothing. And the nurses thought it was the more thing in the, you know, the pain medication. Brother Doug knew what his dad was doing. And a few days later, he looked at the judge, the judge got and And Brother Doug came by and Daddy had a smile on his face when he got off his head. And he smiled here and here, Brother Doug said, Doug, what about it? He said, tell him again, fine. He said, I found the crossing place this morning. He said, I found the place, the cross over this morning. Brother Doug got on the telephone, called all the family and brought him in. And Brother Jack McGrath went into a coma. And he would come and go out of that coma. And why stands for last to come out of that coma? And he looked up and he said, children, do you see me? Uh, he said that no is that him. He said that heavenly host has come to hit me. Uh, he said my feet's in the water uh, and I've got to go. And he laid by them uh, and laid down and made the cross. Uh, I said, Hallelujah, friend. Uh, That's an old soldier's determination uh, to die Soldier's determination, solemn declaration, but in verse 27 that way. There's a period. I hope God will sober your mind for just a second. I know it's, way, it's time to go to earth, but please, David. Right this This person got a hold of me here while back, Brother Morris. Maybe close out this eulogy, this elegy, this form of lament. He said, how are the mighty fallen? He makes this statement, and the weapons of war. And the weapons of war. You see those mysterious Oh, and I believe David is talking about their ability and their skill and their expertise in the warfare. He didn't say that. He not say the implements of war, okay? The sword hadn't played. And the armor hadn't played. But he said, how are the mighty fallen and the fulcrums of war? Those mysterious I'm not trying to cast any gloom of darkness over the news. The mystery things. Girl, you can feel what's going on these last days. But I say, you've of those old the never have the come it was always because of Sammy Stare. He was the red-headed man that sat on this side. that let him Brother Never to come he was a great intercession. Praise, and, pray, and, pray, and Over this evil haze, up in for to be years, the Lord. Yeah, okay. so what I'm saying is, I- Know how to get a hold of God young boys and young girls that uh, you find around the altar weeping and laying hold of God, uh, and we used to have camp meetings and things and people to get together and pray uh, and call on God and be serious. And I know there's a time to come apart, uh, and I know we need laughter and that heart do us good like a medicine. Uh, but I tell you, there's the serious depletion in the laughter, the weapons of war. Uh, going to a lot of the Bibles and preaching. I've given my life 21 years and that's given my life in the I've passed it in a and prayed over it. I've a lot of fair meetings and stuff in the church. I've life and cut up and joke and put hard and pop hard to it right. that to and I've got. to that